Hello everyone and welcome to the Healing My Earth, Healing Me podcast, the podcast where we explore different concepts and ideas on how our actions are affecting our environment and how that goes back to our own health and well-being. Today we're joined by Monty Sharma and Monty is the founder of Urban Botanica Collective. He has a background in industrial design. So after spending a four-year journey within corporate and privatized engineering, he's taken the plunge to connect more deeply with a purpose of passion fueled by nature. So he's just arrived home from a five-month journey, traveling through Central America, working within permaculture centers, connecting with medicinal plants and mushrooms, and has arrived back home to share his vision for a greener future. So I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with you all, and let's get into it. Hola, how are you going? <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Monty. Um, yeah, so shared a bit of your background at the start of this podcast episode and just wanted to start off with your why. So why have you started um, being in industrial design and why have you made the shift towards being more passionate about um, being close to nature and like being along the permaculture space? Yeah, it was a very, um, it's just like one of those situations, like a lot of young people in this world, um, you know, that my journey is somewhat like my journey into industrial design was pretty interesting, you know, like I literally just went down to some random open day, I, like within school, I wasn't, I, I guess like within the education system, I wasn't super like, you know, I, I wasn't super like academic, I guess. But I knew I had some type of, you know, skill set and I just didn't know what the education system really find that. And I was just really lucky that I landed at this open day and had a chat with this awesome uh, artist um, whose name was uh, Catherine Swan. And yeah, went just started that journey, you know, went to an open day, went to the next like open day and sold, sold like 3D printers and CAD models and these like ergonomic design studies and like laser cutting machines. And I'm like, whoa, this is dope. Like what is like, you know, it just seems like there's all creators here. And so I guess through that journey, I pretty much figured out I was a creator and um, just like mother nature, uh, in itself uh, is the ultimate creator and I guess I aspire to you know observe mother nature and have it fuel my ideas for a greener world and through kind of you know the the framework and the principles of permaculture and regenerative solutions and having uh, you know the design background to be able to implement action and create that kind of all is just synergized really well. And so I'm just really excited to, you know, be part of that journey. And I think we're all learning every day, but, you know, it's just there's so much that we can do in this lifetime. It's just the quicker we can get to that, that heart space where we connect in with what we really want to do and how we can make the greatest change within ourselves and, you know, the people around us. It's, that's where the magic happens. I love that. And yeah, absolutely feel through the screens um, the energy that you bring into it and definitely coming from the heart space and how passionate and obsessed you are in this, in this field, which is so awesome to hear. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'd imagine like working in 
industrial design space and also in permaculture like interesting that like you'd probably have gotten a deeper appreciation for urban spaces but also nature and merging that both together can you tell us a bit yeah. more about um yeah yeah for sure i um i spent uh roughly around four years in a corporate engineering environment where everything was quite um, methodical and technical and highly driven by um, documents and uh, you know what what you can and can't do and within living in that environment and working in that environment and working with all the amazing humans I met I guess I gained a perspective that it was very limiting to us moving forward as a you know collective as a race as somewhat of a mycelium network you know it was something that was getting in the way and so kind of stepping away now from that scene and uh now looking at you know what what like what skill set i have you know what what like what how can i best serve my community how can I best serve the people that are around me with the skill set and the unique perspective that I have and that, you know, everyone has. And I guess, yeah, it's really cool because permaculture is this beautiful framework that you can apply quite literally to your life. So in saying that, you know, um, there's a, there's a, some set of core values, which, you know, I, I know I might just quickly read them out. Let me just pull. Yeah, for it. Let me just pull up the twelve principles and the whole ideology behind permaculture because I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, and I think it's such a good way to introduce permaculture into people's lives as well. Those twelve principles kind of just shape what we can do to like heal, heal our earth and ourselves. Consequently. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think it's beautiful that, you know, um, as well that permaculture was born in Australia, you know, over 50 years ago. Mm. And that's really exciting. You know, we actually have some really amazing minds here. You know, we have some of the best engineers in the world. We've got some really good innovators, you know, um, for example, like Ford has actually made some amazing in innovations um, in the automation industry of, you know, cars, like it just, I don't feel like this stuff is really heard enough, you know, like, um, we don't, we don't like realize how, how amazing our land is and how, uh, you know, how amazing this mixing pot of cultural space that we have here and, you know, the magic that can happen from it, you know, that's really exciting. Um, being also from like a, you know, try, try, uh, like ethnic background, you know, Indian, Fijian, Nepalese, you know, I have a unique cultural background and like applying like my, like my perspective, my, my growing up, my experiences now to permaculture and integrating them in to share with everyone. That's pretty cool. You know, just like anyone could pick up, pick up this framework and, and do something amazing with it. So I don't know if you wanted me to just touch on that real quickly or if you wanted to touch in just there. I don't know if you had anything to say. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, I love that you said that as well because like with every framework that we learn, like I'm like, these are like lifelong learner. Def that definitely resonates with me. And 
like we bring in our own little flavors from all the different experiences we've had in our lives and yeah I agree with that and yeah I'd love for you to touch on the principles of permaculture as well as an intro yeah well so essentially it's like um we have these three values that we always ground and connect to and the first one is care for the planet so with every intention we have moving forward that's like something that we should really be thinking about are we actually caring for the planet when we're going to make this when we create when we're going to create these things you know as humans we are creators we're all creators and if we have that intention that we're really thinking about the planet when we're making something that's awesome the next one is care for people so at all points when we are creating we're thinking about we're also thinking about who's going to be interacting with it like how can it be misused? How can it be used well? How can we, you know, connect the the people that really need it? Who's out? Who's like our market? Who who's like gonna pick this thing up and just like be like, wow, this is awesome. And this can be applied across so many different fields, you know, this as well. I'm gonna touch on those really like really quickly. And then the final one's fair share. So it's this like collective movement, right? That everyone is, you know, we're all growing together. There's this, you know, the exchange of like let's look at money not being money, let's look at it being energy. Just like the sun is the sun is energy. You getting out of bed and you know, going for a jog, that's energy. That's your physical energy. You know, using your brain, that's energy. So money you know, time, knowledge, wisdom, culture, those are all things that we can share and we can all share together and grow as a beautiful network of of humans. So those are the three, those are the core values. Um, now, there's 12 principles and look, these aren't rules, you know, they're kind of like, they're just a way to see a problem or an idea with just a different lens on, you know? So observe and interact. So that that's a really important one for me because I think humans are very, you know, we're all, we're all definitely like, we just want to pick things up and interact with them. You know, we're, we want to use our hands. We want to do things, but the amount, of t- the amount of times that we too quickly jump into the interaction part before observing can actually really, you know, destroy our, our, an opportunity to really connect deeper. You know, I think that, for example, if we spent just a little bit more time maybe observing our natural environment around what was around us and then and then implementing our ideas around the observation, we would make some really well-considered ideas, things with, you know, a lot more intent behind them. And I think as well that if we spent more time in nature and we observed the blissfulness and the beauty of the natural world, that when we come back into, you know, these big, communities of you know concrete jungle suburbia we would interact with each other with so much more you know so much more clarity so much more intent so much more connection you know 
just the way that we approach situations, I think, would be so much more meaningful. And then the next one is the catch and store energy. So just like I was talking about before, the sun is energy, you walking around using your energy. There's so much energy around us every day. Wind, you know, plants in themselves are a type of energy. And it's about catching and storing that energy and utilizing it to, to, to help us put less strain on like, let's think in a, lit, a literal sense that solar panels, for example, are an, an amazing innovation. And if everyone had them, the stress on the electrical network would be way less. And so being from the engineering field, they have like one optimum, like running power plan, right? And that's like, quite, it's quite a large substation and it's like, producing the electricity consistently you knows when the peaks are when the troughs are and then sometimes when it's a really hot day you'll know that like it will peak above what that substation can do and then what they do they have to have a backup substation to burn fuel inefficiently just to meet our demand so you know the government has to invest humongous amounts of money and energy uh, other types of energy just to make our systems work but imagine if all of us had solar panels and we're all creating our own energy how much less power would we be using from the grid and how much more self-sustaining and how much more energy would we save because we're capturing things that are hitting us every day you know that's I think like moving forward, we need to stop relying on our government to come up with all the solutions and we ourselves need to become the architects of our world and really think about how we can, how we can better our ourselves and our circumstances and what resources we naturally have around us to best help the world move forward. Now, the next one is obtaining a yield. So taking these three core ethics of permaculture, you know, the care for the planet, care for the people and fair share is when you're obtaining a yield and you have those three core values as your driving point, your center, that that's like where everything's going to be pulled from. You can really make some really tangible goals for, for what you want. You know, say for example, if you just want you know, a bit more mental well-being. Like having curiosity about what that means for you is the first step to obtaining that yield. Having curiosity and feeling into your body. And like, this is when permaculture is now not about me just getting a plant and putting it in the ground. We're actually applying these things to our, like our mind, body and soul. It's a full practice that we can apply to our lives like like a meditation to some extent and so yeah if we wanted to be happy like maybe that means you get out every once every week and you take a walk through nature for one hour 40 minutes 30 minutes and in that time you do some really conscious breathing and you take time to slow down and observe nature maybe you stop at each flower and you really take like a good 20 seconds to just really observe it and really understand that this thing is a product of literally billions of years of evolution. It exists today through its own unique, you know, authentic, like, you know, 
physical form, it, the way it's interacted, the diversity of what it has around you. And so I think just like reframing, refraining from using bad words about like, I feel crap and I don't know why I feel crap, but more about like, what do you want to experience and what do you want to feel? You know, like a felt sense rather than just really only skimming the surface. So that's, that's number three. Mm. Number four, applying self-regulation and feedback. So become your biggest critic. But once again, as I said, it's like using terminology and, you know, you would know this, Jamie, for sure, that like working with Declan, like the power of verbalization and using language that's really positive and is actually going to fuel you to succeed is really important. I don't know what, like if you had anything to add on to that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. If it's like that shift in mindset as well, like focusing more on abundance and being around nature. It's so, I find it so easy to feel that way because there's just an abundance of everything when you're out in nature and just feel so connected to the land. It's yeah. And it's interesting noticing that shift in mindset go into our everyday like world as well in like my day job and yeah seeing that all integrate to each other mm. i think we're also so privileged here at least in newcastle that we have so much nature around us mm. you know we are really really privileged to have the national parks and the greenery and the water and we can't take that for granted anymore so, you know, moving, moving forward from the, you know, the chaos of the world right now, um, we really need to, to connect in and realize these natural, beautiful things that are, that are around, around us and coming up with point five, using value renewables, you know, that like waste is something that we're really going to have to really segue like right out of our lives you know it might not be immediate but every single time a business trend like transfers itself to being less wasteful and really observing you know that whole feedback process like being a critic of yourself being like okay i have a business i interact with you know so many people every day every single human that comes in here if i just you know show the intention that I actually care about the environment. Those people go home, they go, oh, dude, check out this cup. It's actually completely biogradable. Mom, do you reckon you could chuck this in the compost? And she's like, hell yeah, you can. And, you know, there's a culture that's built around that. You know, there's, there's a new, in just that planting that seed as a business owner, you can make humongous gains um, with connecting with the community just by, you know, just using and valuing, like valuing the renewables and the way that you're using them, you know, you know, rather than us, you know, using fossil fuels, could we transition to a way of, you know, transiting around our urban towns just a little bit more efficiently? What does that look like for us? You know, we need to take massive radical change right now. And um, I'm really excited, you know, I, I think it's so easy to get dumbed down and all the negativity of what's happening. But like, if we do that, we'll never move forward. So it's really about, you know, taking a stand not only for yourself and the people you love, but 
the future generations that are going to have to live on this planet. You know, we are the generation that I, I hope that, you know, we look back at and, you know, gen, you know, whatever, you know, gen A or Z1, whatever they're up to, they're going to be like, oh man, do you remember those millennials, man? They, yeah, they really like, they, there was a massive shift, you know, in, in, in the world, in that pandemic, you know, there was a, there was a really big change that manifested out of that. And, you know, I'm excited to be part of that journey for sure. Oh, that just gave me major goosebumps. <laughs> and yeah, I absolutely agree. It's yes, there's so much disruptive and stressful energy right now, but there's always two sides to the coin, right? So with disruptive stress comes so much opportunity as well. And yeah, like having you do your work and like, everyone around us doing their work to make the world a better place and having that mindset that we can make the world a better place is just going to change our future significantly, I feel. And being proactive with that and actually setting that as an intention is so powerful in itself. And yeah, coming together as a community is, yeah, so powerful. And, and really realizing that everyone around you has a piece of the puzzle. Everyone has their own unique perspective, their own unique skills, their own unique ability to bring the world, you know, closer together. You know, even in the people that are being, you know, potentially negative right now, they're needed to be there to bring clarity to your own experience. You know, like you can be like, no, I, like I don't want to react from a place of fear. That's not who I am. I like, that's a primitive version of me. That's like, you know, I want to connect with love and I want to connect with community. You can choose, you can really choose how you interact and experience the world. You know, that's really powerful, I think. So next one, man, we're going, we're talking about, you know, these topics of just using renewables, but you know, we're really digging quite, quite much deeper than that right now. Mm-hmm produce no waste. So really closing the loop. So, you know, when we're saying we're recycling things, are we being, is that closing the loop? No, it's not really, you know, when we're closing the loop, it means that when something gets to the point where it's going to go into now it's life cycle of degradation, that is when it should go back into the loop and be reused again and again and again, if it can. And it's also as a designer, you know, you know, that's something that I really struggled with within the design industry. I spent so much time designing so many products that were going to, you know, be going on these sites and people paying premium money for these products. But, you know, the, at the end of the factory line, I'd look at all this waste we created, which is like, you know, you know, as a percentage when you're manufacturing things, like there's going to be a certain percentage that just don't meet quality and they need to just go to landfill. And it's like, wow, like that was a big eye opener for me. I saw a lot of waste. And so moving forward, um, it's really important that we do connect with our products and how they're made and also who we're investing our money with. And so just with the example of, you know, a cafe that's being a little bit more sustainable, maybe they, maybe they cost like 50 cents more, maybe they cost $1 more, but you're investing in people who actually care. And so I did want to give it, no, I'm definitely not getting paid to do this, but Esteban, 
you know, that cafe is awesome. They're really thinking about people when they're making and creating and giving away. I think that like, that's one example of a cafe that does that really well. If you wanted to check them out on Instagram, um, design from patterns to details. So this is like definitely like a side point of the observe and interact. And as we observe, we'll actually get a deeper understanding of what's happening. You know, like we'll start to see patterns where humans are, you know, we are observers. We, we love to observe things and see and understand. We always need to know why. Like how many times have you been like, oh, this like this actor and he's like, you know, he's, uh, he's got like that name. I can't remember his name. And then you will like, you will hunt that person down on the internet until you're like, yeah, nailed it. It's this person from this movie. We need to know. We need to, we, this, this is just, it's part of our, our psychology to need to know the details. And so when we design from patterns to details, instead of going straight to the details, you know, we can make way better, like well-informed decisions. Like, let's just think about, you know, a new vegetable garden. A lot of people will be buying seeds and selling a fresh, like a fresh veggie patch right now. And so, you know, observing your backyard and seeing, you know, where your shade is, you know, where the water's hitting, where it's not hitting, like, you know, like you're like actually getting your hands in the soil and feeling it, you know, like would that, would that be good soil to plant in, you know, like it's really like getting the, getting a look at the big picture before you get bogged down in all the little things. Cause when you start doing and interacting, when we're, you know, when we've observed the patterns and where you have a game plan, it just makes a lot more sense and send you in a positive direction. So you actually set yourself up to succeed. I love that. I've just recently moved, um, moved house and we're in that process of observing and figuring out and planning out what are the veggies and fruits and herbs that we're going to plant, um, which plants are going to plant, um, which plants we're going to plant next to each other so that they thrive together. And it's just mm-hmm. such an exciting process to go through. Um, yeah, we were hoping that before all this went down, we are hoping to get you over. <laughs> observe with us oh man it's it's been really great i've I've had a few like close friends of mine and just people that know me through gyms or workshops or stores and they'd be like hey like i just moved into this new house could you just come over and tell me what plants i can get and um it's really actually really fun just drawing up a house plan and like connecting people with like depending on their skill like what they want what they need like I definitely see this as being, you know, further down the line, like consultancy to help people grow. Um, like that's definitely something that is needed in this world because I think uh, there's some type of fear around just taking that leap, but people really want to do it. And so if they just, you know, get someone in that can really help them see their vision a little bit clearer, that would help help them, you know, and they then they would succeed. Because they they have all the power to you know they're humans they have hands they can plant and pull weeds and fertilize and you know dance around their plants they can do all the things you know mm. how how holistic do you want to get with your plants you know <laughs> I I know that you you probably saw my Instagram story this morning me just plant, like dancing around my terrariums you know? yes. there's something really 
there's something really special about that. There's something really special about realizing that, you know, plants aren't just something that you take from, you know, they're medicine. They, they're food is medicine. Plants are medicine. Plants are other beings. People, they're, they're living things at some point in, in the evolutionary chain, we split from them with mushrooms, you know, like we, they are, they are our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our dads, our cousins, they're our very distant relatives. They are just as close to us as we are to them. So that's really important that we, like when we go to set the intention of growing that these, these, you know, these things that we are quite disconnected from, I think um, not everyone, but definitely some people that they are us, they are a mirror. Um, wow, that was deep. Sorry. <laughs> no, please don't be sorry. It's um, yeah, you mentioned something keep... there that um, yeah, that sparked my attention. But um, I will come back to that later, and I'll ask awesome. you a bit more about that. So integrate and don't segregate. So, you know, plants work well in a diverse system, and this is the same as you know with people. Diversity equals great change, great you know, common commonalities. And just as you were saying, you know, planting polycultures, you know, guilds of plants that work really well together, companion planting, you know, a lot of people, you know, all it would take would to, to know was just to type in polycultures and in Google, they would get access to all the information they needed to succeed, but they don't know that they, that's what they need to type in. And so it's about introducing this, um, these terminologies so that we can connect people people with like what they what they like need to know to succeed and i think that's part of my job um with urban botanica collective is to build up um a culture and a community of people to be able to have these conversations and so we integrate and we don't segregate you know there's something really beautiful about people coming together around a common goal of just nature and plants because i think everyone to some extent can connect with that it's like the universal language of the world uh the next one is to use small and slow solutions so within our common like within the capitalist world and the way that you know a lot of our frameworks work that it's just turnover like time get it done so this is taking a completely different approach we're going to use really like use small and slow solutions. So maybe we have a big vision, but on the way to the big vision, we want to implement things in a slow manner and testing and probing and coming up with that, you know, once again, you know, going back to feedback and, and self critiquing the solutions and the frameworks that we're coming up with till by the time we are like well on our way, we're not becoming overwhelmed by these massive changes. And we can look at Corona as being a classic example of this. A lot of businesses that probably haven't spent the time to, you know, be connected with this a potential massive change and shift in energy, uh, you know, are, are likely to not succeed if they don't take the, those, those steps to start implementing solutions slowly. And, I think as well, you know, if like, if we just look at like gardening, for example, like don't start a farm, 
just try a small windowsill garden and like don't you know don't like try and overcomplicate things like make keep it really simple like simplicity is a lot harder like is a lot easier to do than like making something complex it's very obvious when you've like stuffed up when things are simple you know you know what you've done wrong when things are failing all around you you just become overwhelmed by all the failure and then you give up so yeah just staying really simple and easy on yourself just take Using, baby steps <laughs> sorry oh, yeah no no go please yeah i think uh that's something that declan men- mentions quite regularly I, I don't know if yeah i don't know if declan's i just love declan i think he's an awesome human and he's a ray of light uh within our newcastle community and i love his metaphors for things if i can just do a shout out for declan yeah go for it <laughs> i love his work yeah. as well and definitely he would love this <laughs> Yeah, no, he's a beautiful human. I, I, yeah, I wish I could, uh, you know, connect back in with him physically, give him a big hug. But you know, COVID nineteen will have an elbow shake or something. I don't know. Virtual um, hugs. Yeah, that's it. Using value diversity. So just as an ecosystem, you know, works best filled with like a great variety of different plants and animals or, you know, exchanging resources like plants communicating with each other underneath the soil, you know, human society functions in very similar way. If we're more connected and we're more, you know, aware of what's happening around us through just people being more connected, that's really, you know, that's using and valuing what we have. Like how often do you walk? Like the other day I was walking for the Sunday markets and I just thought like, yeah, like it's a pretty chaotic right now, but I'm going to spread some love. So while we're driving out, I was just yelling out the side of my brother's car, just going, I love you. Have a great day. You know, like those vegetables look delicious. I hope you make a great soup. I like those pumpkins. Like and people, like it was a very mixed, very mixed like thing where like people were just like, wait, what? Dude, just like giving out a compliment. That's so weird, mm-hmm. you know? But like, what happens if people just like, we're expecting that in their day? Like, let's not set up expectations. But I like, if you see me and you lock eyes with me, I'm probably going to s- just shoot you right in the heart with my love, you know? Like, I, I'm all about, you know, people not thinking too much. Really just trying to connect. We're all humans, you know, we're all regardless of, you know, what our background is and where we're from, you know, we are all humans and we all came from the same place. So using value diversity for sure, especially in our communities. I think our community groups are going to grow significantly after this. People are going to really value human connection. The use and use edges and value the marginal. So like I always use the same metaphor. This is probably on three different podcasts now. Uh, use edges and value the marginal. So if you imagine like a box and that box is like your house, for example, your home. And if you looked at your house, every bit of the inside and every bit of the outside and tried to, you know, realize that everything was a resource, everything had the opportunity to be something awesome. Like a wall could be a vertical garden, you know, a, a dead space could be a raised bed, you know, like um, a place where water was ponding and constantly muddy could become a pond. 
you know? And so it's this integration, you know, as we see what we naturally have around us, all the resources, like I know that if I built a pond here that I would get frogs in my brother's backyard and it would fix the flooding problem. So it's like, but then also in summer, it would be every time the breeze blew through that area, it would cool down the whole house as the, the, the air, like the air channeled through into the, into the house. And so, you know, and that's because I observe patterns. And then so when I observe, I can see all the edges and I can value all the resources I have around me and I can be really innovative. And that will lead us to our 12 point, the final one, creatively use and respond to change. And so it's just like, connecting in with our authentic perspective and our authentic ideas and really valuing that we can with, with this vision that we have, these ideas that we have that they're freaking awesome, you know, like pursue your passions, pursue and use them in the world. And every single time, you know, these situations change for good or bad, just keep creatively responding to them because you're only going to get more closer to what you wanted to achieve and you're only going to be more connected to yourself as a human. And it's, it's so powerful when people pull away the, you know, wanting to act, you know, a a particular way, you know, and, and not really just like owning who they are and who they want to be and how they want to be perceived, you know, like just connecting with who they are. I think that's so powerful, but that's it. That's the 12 permaculture principles. And yeah, as you can see, I, it's somewhat of a practical sense, but also it's a type of practice that I guess I'm coming up with. And I I definitely want to expand on these permaculture principles um, in the future to be able to have the, the mind, body, soul, like practicality connection. Yeah, I love that. And thank you so much for like going through all 12 and sharing that all with us. And yeah, I had another question, but it's kind of integrated within all those 12 principles as well. But I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned earlier that we as humans are split from mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, there's actually... Now, there's no concrete hard evidence, but as we um, begin to dig underneath the, the, the you know, vast oceans that now are deserts and we find fossils, we are finding more and more that this is the potential theory that you know, a comet was flying through space. It had a whole bunch of you know, some type of fungal spore and then when it crashed into the earth, this was the beginning of the the terraforming of the planet. And so um, with the mix of hydrogen and, you know, the fungi that originally, the ancient fungi that like began the terraforming of earth, it began underneath the water. And then what actually happened? So you would know, for example, that plants are connected through their root systems by mycelium, by mushrooms. And what they do is they help to exchange resources they help to exchange um, nitrates and break down organic matter to feed, you know, trees and small plants and shrubs and stuff like that. And so this uh, symbiotic relationship between mushrooms and plants began underneath the water 
And then as plants started to move, you know, they had legs and they could like pull themselves out of the water. And over time, the mycelium networks grew out of the water with the plants and they were able to exchange um, water and nutrients. And these plants were able to live in very like, you know, the soil that was not that fertile. It was not super great, but the mushrooms actually helped with the evolution of um, trees and mushrooms growing together. And actually, as um, plants and mushrooms connect um, for a symbiotic relationship, there's actually a DNA exchange. It's actually pretty new um, findings that, they have, that they're finding. And it's actually helped uh, mushrooms and trees have helped each other evolve to the state where now our soil is usable. Trees have helped to heal the soil and connect, you know, the massive cycle of, you know, water to air to, you know, these massive rivers that we have in the sky back and, you know, that all collect and then it rains and then we have thunderstorms and it creates this beautiful atmosphere that we have. This all happened over, you know, so much time and mushrooms are the original creators of, um, of, of us and we actually have a very like within kingdoms if you look at all our different relationships we have with plants and mushrooms and animals and stuff we are most we are most closely linked to mushrooms their closest ancestor to us one of the main differences that they have is they actually digest food from the outside we digest food on the inside with uh, you know food like a stomach acid they just excrete digestive enzymes from their from the outsides and that's how they consume their food so that's that's a pretty interesting perspective you know mm, yeah wow that's interesting that's um definitely something that i'm now really curious to look into a bit more as well thanks for sharing that with us You're and welcome. yeah i love that um this framework and the principles like really highlight that we're all interconnected in our planet and like i feel as though people have described nature as something separate and like we're a part of nature with we're one with nature we're all intermingled and connected intertwined so mm-hmm. like the, the podcast essentially like i started it because i really wanted to highlight that again that we're all connected we're not separate to nature and as we heal our earth we're healing ourselves as well it's all um yeah so i'm curious with your experience and your more recent trip that you've really connected with nature at such a deeper level have you seen any changes in your own health since you've started diving into these practices a bit more wowza um yeah wow so just to like a very kind of brief kind of breakdown i spent five months in costa rica two months of that was deep in the jungle um completely disconnected from the you know you know the real world if that's what we want to call it and um in that time i met so many humans that were just you know i really arrived home and i met all these humans that i would talk to and be like wow like there are so many of us 
And there's so many more people walking the path of wanting to heal the world through a more natural way. People are sick of, of reinventing the wheel and they actually want to like make tangible changes from their own unique like perspective within the world. And so that's like one thing, you know, I really felt empowered by community and humans when I was in the jungle at this permaculture center. But I also met a lot of herbalists. I met a lot of mushroom cultivators. I mess, I'm like, I met so many bamboo builders. I met just like every, like so diverse in like what people are doing that I was like, wow, look at all this knowledge. And I would have these conversations. I'd be like, hey, like, just by the way, like my stomach's not feeling you know, super great right now. And then these herbalists would like whip out and be like, oh, do you know this medicine plant? Do you know, can you mix this into a tea? If you go collect this from the farm, um, if you bring it back to me, we can try and make a poultice or whatever. And so this um, kind of perspective of self-care through plants, like every plant has a unique chemical um, in it, you know, an alternative medicine. An alternative is something that is so openly accepted by our body. It was literally designed for us. And I think that has something to do with us being, you know, connected to plants and mushrooms way deep, way more deeply than we think we are. That literally their DNA, their chemicals were literally designed to be in our body. And so it I think self-care through nature has is not only, you know, I only thought it was a psychological kind of thing for me for a while, but now it's like, okay, now we can, we can start making tinctures and we can start making teas and we can start integrating herbs into our diets and our food. And there's a massive integration process. And I guess I'm exploring that uh, myself. And I like, there's a few uh, really cool ideas that I, I have to be able to help people with that journey and, and, and deliver it in a way that is really fun and, and within my own, like, you know, my own like way of delivering it with, through workshops or through online content or whatever. And I think finally as well that I really accepted that, you know, looking forward, we get so caught up in, we have to be at the right place at the right time. And, you know, I really, I think I accepted that, you know, in the darkest moments of our life is when we shine the brightest and it's okay to feel, you know, anxious about the the future, but it's also okay to feel excited about it. And just to let it unfold, let it just happen the way it's meant to. Like, don't get in your own way. Just like experience life for the beautiful, simple things that are there. And I think that's what I realized when I went back to, you know, this permaculture farm. We just live life simply in a community with nature, with plants, with our food, with the animals, with the sky, with the environment with our minds, you know, and it was beautiful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, it's, I want to go there. (laughs) And yeah, it's definitely bringing me back to times of growing up in the Philippines and some of the um, 
trips that my dad and I would take to go into the mountains and into the creeks and now finding a much deeper appreciation for those experiences and how they've actually, um, how they operate. And yeah, I'm really excited to, yeah, see more of that and integrate some of the learnings from those experiences into my life in like the urban spaces that I'm in at the moment. But yeah, yeah, deeper appreciation. Yeah, we've got a really, nature. we've got a really exciting journey ahead of us, Jamie. You know, mm. we've got a really, really exciting journey uh, as a generation. You know, we were really lucky that we were able to have those experiences with our family, with our friends, and have them deeply ingrained into our memories of you know happiness and you know, places of bliss and connection and um you know these newer generations that um unfortunately are you know some somewhat disconnected from that not all of them definitely not all of them but you know technology has become a, a tool that i think is being misused these days so i think we need to show them the beauty in the simple you know Mm. yeah and i love how you describe technology as a tool it's how we as humans use it as well like at the moment we're using technology to have this conversation to share out with the world (laughs) um but yeah again there's two sides to every coin and like reliance on technology and that can be a whole nother big conversation in itself (laughs) yeah Definitely. And like the internet was built from nature, it was inspired from nature. Mm. All the connection, all the exchange of information was happening since the beginning of time. We've just found a way to connect across, you know, oceans through the air for these ridiculous radio waves and microwaves. It's pretty powerful. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. All the answers are in nature. Yeah, that's it. It's amazing. Now, like with all these, like I, I feel as though people that are listening to the podcast and hearing about all these principles to begin with, like it could get quite overwhelming. Like, so, what's for you? What's one action that anyone that has no background whatsoever in this area can implement in their lives? Um, that's taking it out from the permaculture principles what's one thing that they can implement to be kinder to our earth and subsequently to their own health as well? Yeah. I, well, I think it uh, beginning off that, you know, Nate, like, you know, planting and, and growing plants is a really great way to um, with the right intentions to be able to be more connected with yourself. And so I would, I would totally recommend just, you know, getting some soil and a small pot with some really easy to grow herbs, you know, there's like that like moving season. Like, I don't know where people are from, but like seasonally, like here in Newcastle, we're kind of heading towards a more colder climate. And so, you know, a lot of um, underground base vegetables and um, like herbs uh, or like resilient herbs, like chives are probably something that we're probably more likely to grow right now. But, you know, there's so much information on the internet where you can look at some really like beginner-like herbs that you could maybe incorporate into soups because that's probably more likely what you're going to be eating through these colder times of the the colder months. So really like looking at your lifestyle and setting yourself up to succeed by looking at a way to actually integrate and even if that just means ornamental, you know, 
just getting a little bit of greenery in your room and just observing. And it's okay if you, you know, don't, don't go over the top and try and get something, some massive tropical fern. Um, Cause fern, ferns and, you know, all these big tropical plants are hard to maintain in an Australian climate. So just starting really simple, going back to the basics, I think are really important and getting your hands in the soil like that. I think there's like a connection there, something that I'm definitely exploring between like the emotional felt sense. So like taking, you know, what you're experiencing for your week and applying it into the soil, like working with plants, working with soil and channeling your own like feelings and felt sense and ideas through your practice of growing. I think that's uh, probably a really good beginning point. And, you know, I am always open. Like if you want to reach out to me um, and send a message and just like, Hey, like I've tried this already, or like, I really don't know where to begin. I am so open to having those discussions with people and sending them in the right direction as well. I'm just like a message away. Mm, I love that. Um, whenever we have um, plant questions here at the house. I just message Monty. <laughs> um, so on that, like how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah, well, um, I my business is called Urban Botanica Collective and on Instagram that's urban underscore botanica underscore collective. So you can find me there. And um, that's also the same name on Facebook. And also if you wanted to uh, have a listen to some of the nature inspired conversations I'm having with, you know, herbalists and architects and, you know, just all different types of people. I have my own podcast called Born From Nature. So you can type that into Spotify. And uh, yeah, you know, always just also just feel open to at me and, um, show me stuff and I'm going to look at it and be like, that is cool. That's dope. Let's have a conversation about it. You know, I'm very, you know, as a designer um, where, you know, designers want to collaborate. They want ideas. They want to hear about your unique perspective. So, you know, bring, bring the conversation to the table and let's start the discussion. Love that. Thank you so much, Monty. Thank you for jumping on my podcast and I'll link all of those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode of Healing My Earth, Healing Me. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to connect with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I'm excited to catch you at the next episode.